the last part of the chapter, and the first part of chapter 16. Um, Title of the message, Blessings Forgotten. Blessings Forgotten. This is uh, one of those passages that when I first read it, I just shake my head and say, how dumb can you be? And then God reminds me of how often I do the same thing. Exodus chapter 15, we're going to start reading in verse 22. Um, Last week we read the song of praise and we looked at what God had done for them and they were rejoicing the the entire camp was looking at what God had done for them, probably just in awe of what they had just come through. Absolutely, uh, well, I'm going to guarantee they were. Nothing like that had ever happened before. Uh, And uh, what an amazing thing they saw God deliver them. Uh, But starting in verse 22, verse 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight... And will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees. And they encamped there by the waters. We're just going to read the first four verses of chapter 16. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we have died in the hand of the Lord, or by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Let's pray. Lord, guide us tonight as we look in your word. Lord, help us uh, just to be honest. Lord, so many times we're just like Israel here. See a victory in our life, and then a an inconvenience, a hardship comes along, and we are murmuring and complaining. Use your word, Lord, to work in our lives. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Yeah, I just titled it Blessings Forgotten. It is an amazing thing. I love that they gave a timeline here, at least on the first one, to be specific. Three days. <laughs> Three days journey. And now they're thirsty. Now, out in the wilderness, I'm sure it was hot. They're walking. They're not riding in an air-conditioned uh, Ford Transit or anything like that. They didn't have any modern conveniences. 
It's hot out there in the wilderness. But you're coming away from this amazing miracle that God had done for them. Getting to see the entire army of Egypt destroyed, delivered from them in such a miraculous way. I, I, it, in my mind, I, would, I think, I want to think that I would still be talking about it three days later. Did you, did you see that? I'm pretty bad at repeating stories. Uh, Brian Weiss used to tell me, Brian, I've heard that story before. I just shut up, Brian, and listen. I never told him that. He was my pastor then. Uh, I would now. It's different. Not really. But I, I imagine walking there and, and just still in awe of what happened. And, and just amazed at the power of God. And yet, it only took three days where they got thirsty, it's hot and they're tired, and they're murmuring against God. They come and they're just like, we need something to drink, we're thirsty. Are we not the same way? I can see God do something, answer a prayer, very definitely answer a prayer. Lately there's been some things that I've prayed for in the morning and I've seen them that day. And it's such an amazing thing to see God just work. And when those times come and I'm, and I'm kind of riding on a cloud, and like, just look at what God has done, so encouraged. There's always something going to come along. Satan's always going to bring a hardship in. He's always going to come and try to chop the legs out from underneath us. And so many times he's successful. So many times we can be praising the Lord in the morning and by the end of the day, just down in the dumps. But they, they, they complained and God said, you know, throw the tree in the water. The bitter waters of Mara turned sweet. <laughs> when God purifies water, that had to have been the best water they ever drank in their life. I want to drink out of those wells. I love good, clean, crisp, cold water. We used to get an artesian well up on the plain, Laramie Plains above Wheatland, Wyoming. There's a little box there that somebody had put in years ago, a little concrete box. They had piped that artesian well where it drained into that, and then it ran on down, and there was a little bit of a stream that went down below it. And that water came out of the ground so cold and uh, was just as clean as could be. Pure, cold water is super refreshing. So I look at what they got here. They said, we're thirsty, and he purifies the water and they drink out of that. And then they go to the next place and there's just there's wells all over the place. There's water in abundance. So they, they see God work. They, com- they walk away from it a little ways. They get some discomfort. They complain. God delivers again in a mighty way. Well, here's some, some water for you to drink. Here's some refreshment for you. He met their need. And then they go on. So 15 days into the second month, so not very far down the calendar here. They're complaining to the point they want to go back to Egypt again. What they said before the before Red Sea at the Red Sea, well, it would be better if we're back there as their slaves, but to die here beside the, the Red Sea, now we're out here. You brought us out here, Moses, just to starve to death. We're all capable of this kind of complaining and mumbling and groaning against God. Elijah did it. 
Elijah did it, went up there and sat, on, sat in the cave and said, just kill me, Lord. I always imagined him being almost like a little baby up there, whining and complaining. Some hardship came. He saw a mighty hand of God and then some hardship came. How often are we like that? They were said in verse 3, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For he brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They complained. They complained against God twice. And as I read this passage and was studying it, what stood out to me was the Lord's response both times. The Lord's response both times. When somebody comes and complains after you've done something for them, what is our, what is our response to that? Boy, I've helped you before. Stop whining. Stop being a baby. We, we get upset at them. We get angered at them. And, and as we go on into the story, we know that God does punish them for their murmuring. But in these two instances, we see the mercy of God. He gave them water to drink. And in verse 4 of chapter 16, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain heaven, her bread from heaven for you. He's, he performs another miracle for them. I, I've always wondered what manna must have tasted like. said it was like it was baked with honey, so it's a sweet bread. They're out there eating donuts. Krispy Kreme had nothing on them. And it's just out on the ground for them to go pick up in the morning. Gather enough for the day. And as you read on, it says, Gather twice the amount on the sixth day so you have enough to eat on the seventh day. God does some amazing miracles for them here. Provides food for them. Flesh and bread. And that bread would go rotten if they kept it from the second to the third day, but if they kept it at the sixth, God preserved it for the seventh. They were seeing God's hand every single day of their life here, and He provides for them again. And it just shows the patience of God. In both instances, we don't see God rebuke them. I wondered about that. God does not rebuke Israel. I believe it is because they were young. They were new in their walk with God. They were just getting some experiences seeing God's hands of delivery. Their faith was in in beginning stages. They were growing to know the Lord. And He understood their discomfort too. And He met their need. He provided for them. Also it says twice here that this was a time to prove them. 25 of chapter 15, the end says, and there He proved them. Verse 4 of chapter 16, the end says that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. It was a time of testing, a time of learning. And God saw their immaturity and their young walk with Him and and he He was kind. God was aware of their need at that time. He was aware of their physical need, but he was aware of their physical need and or their spiritual need, and he's preparing them for more difficult times. He said, "Okay, so three days later, you're thirsty. I understand. It's hot. He provided them with water. You're hungry. I will meet your need." God brings us to those points so we will be tested, where we will be proved, and where our faith will grow. If we can see it that way. 
I praise the Lord for His patience in our life and His mercy. He shows it here. He wanted them to trust Him. And I want to go to Philippians chapter 4. So Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 4, and we're going to read all the way down to verse 9. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's an amazing statement right there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your moderation be known. Your, your life is, is under the control of the Lord, and He is at hand. He's there for us. Uh, he was there for Israel, and he met their need. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes, passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. He, he was looking for them to trust him, to be careful in nothing. He blessed them, and the difficulty came. They, they, were, they were learning a lesson. When God, when God gives, a, gives a victory, Satan's going to come against you. And, and we need that same lesson over and over in our lives. But can we apply this in those times? The Lord is at hand. What well, if I can remember that? That changes my life. If, if that's in my mind every moment of every day, that changes my action. The Lord is at hand. It's going to keep me from sin. I, I'm not going to want to do those things that displease Him if I remember He's right here with me. If I remember that I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, he sees and is aware of everything that you do. Everything you think, everything that you say, every action that I perform. The Lord is at hand. It keeps us from sin, but it also keeps us from fear. If, if Israel had just considered that cloud right there is the, is the presence of God. He's right here with us. They could have got down on their knees and said, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. Provide for me. I, I trust you to meet my need. But yet they murmured. They complained. They, they allowed their flesh to take over and dictate their actions. He says, in, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. We are, to, we are to go before Him and say, Lord, I trust you to meet my need. I'm going to be careful for nothing. I'm not going to worry about this. So it's been three days since I had a good drink of water. I'm thirsty. I'm hot. I know that the Lord knows. I'm not going to worry about it. And then it says that the peace passes all understanding, keeps our hearts and minds. I, I'm, this verse is, is a source of strength to me, but also when I'm failing, it, it's almost a source of frustration. And it's the frustrations with myself. That my mind is not kept at peace every day of my life. It's not that the Lord changed. It's that I didn't go to Him. 
I didn't trust him in everything. Go to him in thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for, his, for your presence today in my life. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace in my life. Lord, you know where I'm at in my life. You know the needs that are here today, the sorrows or the, the hardships or the trials that I'm going through today. And I trust you, Lord. Then I can have peace if I'm truly trusting him. What's James 1, James 1, 5, 6, and 7 says that we ask him for wisdom. He gives it to us, but only if we ask in faith. If I want my mind to be stayed upon God, if I want peace, I have to turn to him in faith and know that he's going to meet it. Well, Israel didn't have to murmur and complain. God saw their need. God saw their plight. It didn't take anything for him to answer it. It was a simple thing for him. We're very, very much like them. We look on the bad and, and do not trust the Lord. We're very quick to murmur and complain. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Do they not forget the law of the Lord when they start murmuring and complaining? We're not focusing on the Word of God if I'm focusing on my, my discomfort. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I I don't know how many times in my life I've read Proverbs chapter 3. Um, I've heard it every, every year of my life at least. Uh, at least once. <laughs> so there's at least 40 some odd times I've read this and it's way more than that. Way more than that. And yet, how many times do we lean on our own understanding they looked at their situation. They looked around and they said, this wilderness is desolate, hot, and I'm thirsty. They go a little bit farther and they say, we don't have any food out here. Our supplies have run out. We've just come out here to the wilderness to die. And they're leaning on their understanding. They're leaning on what they know of the situation. And we are so short-sighted so many times. This, this passage says, listen, if you'll, if you'll keep the Word of God about thine heart, if you, if you just keep looking to the Word of God, trusting it, and letting the Lord lead, don't trust in what you see, trust in what you know from the Word of God, because you don't know what will come tomorrow. You don't know what God has in store for you this year. Trust in the Lord. And he says, you're... You're going to have your needs met. Thy barns will be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Your physical needs will be met. I've seen God meet our needs over and over and over. 
You know what the, what the statistics say it takes to, to raise a child in our society today, the money it requires? I don't know where, I don't, this must be a California number because it blows my mind. Three to $600,000 per child is what they say you'll spend to raise them today. Well, that's right at $3 million for me. Uh, (laughs) I can say to this point in my life God has met my needs every time and I can say he will further on I, I just have to not lean on my own understanding boy when you start thinking about the financial needs of a family today the financial burden that is in America today, to live the life that we live around here, it can become pretty overwhelming, very discouraging. But that's leaning on my understanding. I'm to, in all my ways, acknowledge Him. He's going to direct my paths. He's going to meet my needs. I'm I'm not worried about the future. We may have an eighth one. I don't know. I'm not limiting God. Elizabeth just looked at me like you ought to get shot. It is truly up to God. That is His choice to make, not mine. If I acknowledge Him in all my ways, that's His decision to make. He's all, he's all wisdom. He knows, and He will make the right choice. I never will if I lean on my own understanding. In all my ways acknowledge Him. He will direct my paths. He will direct my paths and meet my needs. If Israel had just said, Lord, You've brought us here. We know we're in Your presence because there it is. (laughs) You're, You're leading us, Lord. We know You're going to meet our needs. We know You didn't bring us out here to die, and if You did, okay, Lord, that's okay because You're Almighty God and You don't make mistakes. If we can get our eyes off of our own discomfort and our own just what our flesh wants and just just let God lead. He said, I'll meet your need every single day, both physical and spiritual. They didn't have to complain. They didn't have to have to murmur against God. They just saw him work. What are we going to do this week when something comes up? Am I going to be blindsided, complain, and murmur? Because it could be a terrible week. We don't know what, what's going to happen. We just know that God's in control. And if I'll acknowledge Him in all my ways, He's going to meet my needs. I hope we don't murmur this week. Let's be a people that are, that are careful for nothing, but in thanksgiving, making our request known unto God. Let that peace dwell and, and lead us and guide us. He's always faithful to always meet our needs. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for our church, for each one here tonight. Lord, help us to trust you, to walk with you. Be with Karen again this evening, Lord, as she is going through this, this difficult time in her life. Lord, we know that all things work together for good. We know that you are leading in that situation. We know that None of this is a surprise to you. So, Father, we just ask that you would, in a very special way, um, 
meet her needs. Lord, uh, lift her up tonight. Help her to rest. Help her just to, to lean on you, Lord, through it all. Be with Gerald also. Father, as tomorrow is going to be a difficult day, um, Lord, he needs your strength. Guide him and, and Lord, use him uh, for your honor and your glory. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth in it. Help us, Lord, to seek you this week, each one of us, to take time, get in your word, and set our treasures on things above, that our heart would be focused on serving you, honoring you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right. We... Uh,